Welcome back to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. We couldn't do these without the incredible support of our sponsors, and we want to take a moment to say thank you to all of them. First, thanks to our diamond sponsor, Varsity Brands, including BSN, Varsity Spirit, and Herf Jones. Varsity Brands, elevating student experiences in sport, spirit, and achievement. We also want to say thank you to our platinum sponsors, including Vital Science, bring student achievements to life. Camp Mobile, where leaders communicate better. Gipper, sports graphics made incredibly simple. Hometown ticketing, simple and easy online ticketing. And Ephesus Lighting, innovating a brighter future at every level. Thanks to all of our great sponsors. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. Today, we're doing round two of our student-athlete forum, and we've got some really great student-athletes today. From uh, the state of Florida, we have uh, Flynn Ballatin. She is a student at Father Lopez Catholic School in Daytona Beach. Uh, we also have two student athletes from the great state of Maryland and St. Mary's Academy in Annapolis, uh, Patrick Hayburn and Hope Davis join us. Students, welcome to the podcast. Thanks Thank for you having Thank you, yes. <laughs> All right. Well, we're very excited to, uh, to see where this conversation takes us. Um, uh, as you know, uh, it's a busy time for everyone, and we appreciate you giving up your Sunday afternoon for this. Um, Flynn, we're going to go ahead and start with you. We always like to let our listeners have a chance to get to know our guests. So tell us a little bit about yourself, um, you know, where you were born, where you grew up, where you're going to school right now, uh, and maybe you know, some plans for uh, after high school. Gotcha. Yeah, so uh, my name is Flynn Ballatin. I'm from Ormond Beach, Florida. Uh, right north of Daytona Beach. I go to Father Lopez Catholic High School. Um, currently there I do three sports. I do weightlifting, cheerleading, and track and field. Um, I am a senior, so hopefully I plan to go to the University of Florida next year, but I won't find out for another week. Um, growing up, I was heavily um, active in uh, gymnastics. I did that for 12 years. Um, where I went to the elite level and I, I just eventually decided to switch into high school athletics and that's how I got here. So, yeah. Well, very cool. I've actually been to your campus a couple of times. Um, what's the uh, temperature right now in uh, Ormond Beach? It's actually in the 60s today, which is a little colder for us. But I was going to say, yeah, you have to put a jacket on there. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> All right, Hope, uh, tell our listeners a little bit about you. Um, I'm Hope Davis. Um, I was actually born in Hokesson, Delaware, and then moved to Annapolis, Maryland in third grade. Um, sports have always been a really big part of my life. I started with travel soccer in third grade and played that until seventh. Um, and then I switched and actually tried a new sport, which was like a challenging but fun experience, uh, field hockey, which is like my main sport now. Um, I go to St. Mary's High School in Annapolis, 
and I am playing Division One field hockey at Bucknell next year. Oh, well, congratulations on that. Uh, uh, field hockey um, hasn't made its way down uh, to our neck of the woods yet. Uh, girls lacrosse, you know, boys lacrosse are certainly growing, but uh, again, not, uh, not anything like it is in Maryland. Congratulations <laughs> on uh, Bucknell. Thank you. Patrick, uh, tell us your story. Hi, I'm Patrick Havern. I was born and raised here in Maryland. Um, my main sport is swimming. I've done it since the age of four, but all the way through grade school, and middle school, I also played other sports, including soccer and lacrosse. And then really when I got to high school is when I started to focus more so on swimming. Um, I'm a senior here at St. Mary's High School, and I'm committed to swim D1 at Loyola University, Maryland. So thank you. Oh, fantastic. Okay. All the best. Um, I know y'all are, you know, you're high school seniors and in our profession, um, athletic directors, we always talk about the importance of, of leadership and mentorship, uh, sort of the voices that we still hear from our days uh, when we were competing. So Hope, we'll go and start with you on this one. Who are some of your mentors, um, you know, maybe family members or teachers or coaches, or maybe even, uh, you know, people that you've worked with or worked for? Uh, when you're, uh, you know, 40 years into it, like I am, you know, whose voice do you think you're still going to hear? Well, I would definitely say my parents are huge mentors for me because ever since I was little, they've kind of instilled like the principles that you need in sports and in life, like hard work, dedication. Um, you have to be reliable and responsible for your other teammates as well. And then besides my parents, I would say um, my club field hockey coach, Jesse Larson, who's like our big trainer, he taught me like all the basic principles of field hockey and really helped me like fall in love with the sport. And then I would also say I've had three high school coaches and each one has made like a different impact on my life. But the coach we had this last season made like a especially a huge impact because this year was so different compared to normal. And she really taught us to like, um, not take anything for granted and to like play every game like it's your last. So I would say those are some of my mentors. Oh, no, I'd, again, I, I just love to hear the stories. And even though they're very fresh for all of you right now, uh, you're absolutely right. You know, those days are gonna pass before you know it, okay? Patrick, um, who've been some of your mentors? So my biggest mentors is definitely my family. I have four siblings who have all been big impact my life and both my parents have really just instilled also hard work like hopes and selflessness. And so with my family, we've kind of just been really strong relationships since I was born really. And we just love the competitive atmosphere of everything. And so we're all swimmers and it's all really fun. And aside from my family, I've been blessed to have various swim coaches over the years from different with my high school coach has been the same for all four years but as far as club coaches go I've been under several different ones who've all taught me different things that allowed me to excel in my career as a swimmer and as far as like celebrity you could say role models I'd say Tim Tebow from the state of Florida is probably my biggest athlete role model just because of the example he sets and his values following God and everything for the glory of God so those are my biggest inspirations. Uh, well, I appreciate you sharing that. And, and the whole thing about Tebow, I was a career football coach and the last several years I, I've been an athletic director. I haven't been coaching, but 
Um, uh, I would always, you know, ask other coaches who might gripe about Tebow. I said, geez, the guy works hard. He's a team player. You know, who wouldn't want a guy like that on their team? You know, come on. Uh, so appreciate you doing that. One of my heroes. Flynn, uh, who have been some of your mentors so far in your career? Yeah, so like Hope and Patrick said, my family has been very vital in my um, athletic successes. Um, they have always just chosen to support me in all the sports that I've tried. And um, they even um, talk to like my coaches who are also very much of uh, support and inspiration for me. Um, I've had a lot of coaches and, you know, they see you at your, your worst, your best when you're frustrated. So for sure in the, in the future, like when you're in those tough times, those are the voices that I will hear. And just remembering all of the, the helpful tips they have to keep you going. And again, I really appreciate all of you sharing. I can, I can still feel like it's yesterday. My high school coaches, my college coaches, as well as my mom and dad, uh, you know, the advice that they gave me and, and helped me along the way. It's just a great reminder that, you know, we didn't get here by ourselves. Patrick, we're going to let you lead off with this next one. Um, one of the things that we've tried to do with this podcast is share best practices, you know, things that work. Uh, it's not a theory. It's not, well, hey, let's try this. It's things that we've actually seen play out. And maybe it's with student athletes or with coaches or with parents or with facilities. So looking at your program, uh, what's one or maybe two best practices? You know, when you look at uh, St. Mary's, you know, you can say with equal parts pride and humility, uh, boy, we do this better than anybody else. And uh, Coach Fondale is probably listening. <laughs> Thank you. So as far as swimming goes, each practice contains various sets and activities that will expand each part of your strokes. And so the biggest piece I feel like St. Mary's brought to me and has allowed me to excel in swimming is the racing aspect. I think that's a vital part that my coaches include in every single passage that in practice is that aspect of competing and so that is the biggest piece I feel that really will help programs excel to a next level and so you got to practice I feel like every part of the race where it's the start the turn the finish and I feel our practices really focus on that and whether it's turn sets or 25s race versus our other swimmers on our team and so those different pieces are what I think our program is really special and allowed us to excel. Thank you. you know, that, that's very cool. And again, in addition to football as a track coach, so I also understand, you know, the individual within the team concept. And uh, that's a great thing about competition. You know, it, it's not only going to help you get better, it's going to help your team get better too. Flynn, how about you? What are some best practices that you've seen at Father Lopez in your time as a student athlete? Um, yeah, so definitely the ability to have an opportunity to be on a sports team. So we have like multiple sports team. We are a smaller school. So there's just a lot of, um, there are a lot of places where students can try this sport or that sport and all the coaches and um, all of the staff are just really helpful on making sure that you have that opportunity to excel in that sport. Even if you're not the best, you can still become one of our better athletes. And I think that's really important. Um, and all of the coaches, they really do a good job of um, keeping our faith very connected to the sport. 
um, which I think is very inspirational and motivational to keep us on the right track and um, looking for a big win in the end. So. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, I spent a number of my years at faith-based schools and that's certainly a major component of, um, of the, uh, the entire program. You, know, you mentioned the whole multi-sport um, aspect and uh, we're our school McClay is very much you know like Father Lopez I'm gonna guess uh, St. Mary's is probably uh, you know not the biggest school on the block too um, so and you touched on an important point about the coaches fostering that uh, multi-sport approach as opposed to what we saw eh, let's say you know 10 or maybe not so many years ago of you know the one sport year-round uh, participation I know it's still out there but it's great to see examples of uh, the multi-sport philosophy because as, as you all show, it pays great dividends. Hope, how about you? What are some best practices from your perspective? I would say that the best practices that we've had are the ones that focus a lot on teamwork, um, especially in field hockey. There'll sometimes be teams where you'll have like a, a few individual players that kind of dribble the ball all the way up the field, but like that never has really been our like mindset. We've always focused on how we need to work as a unit. So our best practices have been ones where we'll do a drill that works on like a passing sequence or something where many people have to work together and then we'll scrimmage at the end. And it just shows how you like bring that concept into the game, which has really helped the team feel like united and uh, to work as a unit. Okay. Again, just, uh, always like to hear uh, from the student perspective uh, what you know they think makes their school very special. Our next topic, we're going to use the C word, you know, COVID. Um, as an athletic director, you know, we've certainly seen a variety of responses across the country. Uh, some states have um, gone about it business as usual. Others have shut down sports completely. And to our listeners, we're recording this. Um, at the end of uh, February, uh, so we're well into the school year. Uh, in Florida, you know, we uh, delayed things for a month and then pretty much started up, uh, I would say, pretty normally, although there were pockets of the state that uh, didn't even return to, you know, school or practices until, you know, late in October. So, uh, Flynn, I'm going to go and start with you on this one. Uh, tell our listeners, you know, what's going on right now uh, in your area, Ormond Beach, uh, Daytona area, uh, both as far as return to school academics and also return to play. And then uh, Patrick and Hope, I'm going to have you do the same. Since you're at the same school, maybe one of you tackle return to play and the other tackle return to school. Okay. So Flynn, tell our listeners what's happening right now in uh, your area? Um, so here in Daytona, things are pretty much um, staying steady. We are incorporating all of the safety aspects as far as temperature checks go and wearing a mask is really important. Um, as the school year started, it was really easy getting into it. Everyone was following the rules, but unfortunately as like breaks and stuff started coming up, um, more people started being exposed and um, certain groups of people were quarantined, especially on sports teams that really disrupted seasons. Um, I know that the there was one team, I can't particularly remember, that their season had to end 
um, early because of their quarantine fell right, right in the district's um, line. So their season was totally wiped out, which was really sad. Mm -hmm. But um, we have actually gotten a grip on like getting ahead of that. Um, and so, so to say, you know, um, I just finished my weightlifting season. And as soon as our postseason started up, like districts and stuff, we actually went on to like a purposeful quarantine for ourselves. So we would only go to school for practices and we would stay home during the day and do school over Zoom. Um, so that was very helpful as far as not getting, um, catching COVID or being quarantined just for being exposed to it. So um, that's pretty much what our school year has looked like. We're still continuing to um, up the safety measures just to keep everyone healthy. Oh, I appreciate you sharing that. So from an academic standpoint, you guys have both uh, in-person classes and uh, Zoom classes? Yes, that's correct. What would you guess, and I know you're not the superintendent or the principal, <laughs> but what would you guess the percentages of, you know, students attending school full-time for classes versus those doing, you know, hybrid or, or completely online? Um, so a lot of students pop in and out of Zoom as they get quarantined because of being exposed and stuff. But um, at its, I think at its like basis level, it's probably like 10% of the school, which is about um, 50 students. And then um, at its highest, at one point it got like really crazy. Um, and there were about, 150 in quarantine attending oh, wow. over Zoom. So yeah, we've had to adjust quite a bit, but everything's going pretty, pretty smoothly. Well, congratulations on a successful, um, you know, weightlifting season and all the best as you move into spring sports. Hope things keep, you know, trending down. Thank you. Um, Patrick, I'm going to go and start with you. Um, so I guess if you haven't communicated, uh, you know, via text with Hope, uh, you're going to get to choose. Uh, you can talk about return to school academics, or you can talk about return to play, and then Hope gets the uh, other one. I'll talk about um, returning to school academically. So back in August, our school got our safety protocols approved by the state, and we were able to go right into hybrid. And so the school offered the option of going full online or hybrid learning. And that proved to be an immense success throughout. We never had to shut down for any COVID cases. They're, they've been tracking it vigorously and there's been zero transmissions of COVID on campus. And so they just announced recently that next week we'll be progressing into going into full-time with the entire school. So everyone will have the option to be in person or hybrid or distance, whatever is best for you and your family. And so it's really been, I wanna commemorate the hard work of our administration and the school because a lot of other schools in Maryland, I believe we are ahead of them. And it's really been awesome to see the progress and hard work that's been put in. And through the grace of God, we haven't had any transmission of cases. And so it's because I'm thankful that we all have this opportunity to possibly have a much more normal last spring semester for our senior year so maybe uh compared to last spring when covid you know hit everybody and everybody shut down you know you think that your school did a pretty good job uh in responding and addressing uh, from a return to school standpoint uh this year yes definitely okay hope uh tell us um 
you know, what's going on as far as return to play for this year with your school and, and maybe Maryland, if it's, you have that global perspective. So everything um, was definitely unsure, like in the summertime, but I feel like that was pretty much everywhere in the state, but our school still did incorporate um, like workouts in the summer, which was pretty cool. Cause usually we have like an entire preseason for fall sports and obviously we couldn't do anything with contact. But um, Mrs. Fondale and then our assistant athletic director, um, Coach Bedroni, who's also the football coach, but he would have like workouts that athletes could attend to in groups of like 10, very spaced out. But that just helped people start to get back in shape after not playing for a while. And then as regard to fall seasons, we were able to have, or at least field hockey was able to have a three week season um, at the end of October into November. So we played around six games, I think. And so that was pretty awesome to be able to play it all because we honestly didn't know until like a week or two before that we would have that opportunity. And then unfortunately, a lot of the sports had to shut down um, before the Christmas season, just because that's when cases started going up with exposure and also from Thanksgiving. And then I know Patrick had swimming kind of, right? You had like a modified... Mm -hmm. Yeah, our season was delayed. So we were supposed to start in November and we just, we're gonna have a shortened season. We just started here in February. So it's going strong. And then spring sports start, I think tryouts are March 1st. So everything's like a slow progression. Each season has kind of been like starting with no contact drills, like more conditioning and then slowly to like passing and then contact, so. I, uh, I didn't follow up with my weather question. Uh, you know, what's the, the temperature right now uh, up there in Annapolis? Um, I think it's, it's either in the 30s or the 20s. I'm not sure. It's been really cold the last week. It's been like a lot of ice. So we've had like a lot of days off because <laughs> of ice. Right. You talk about spring sports in uh, the Northeast. Uh, I, a long time ago, I, I spent a year as a college coach up in Vermont. So I remember what uh, winters are like uh, a little bit different than Florida, but uh, well, that's great. I'm so glad that, uh, you know, your state and your school are back up and, uh, you know, people have an opportunity to participate in sports. So appreciate all of you sharing. Um, our next topic, um, Hope, I'm going to have you start with this. Um, the last couple of years, and particularly this year, uh, you see a lot of discussion, a lot of uh, dialogue about the mental health of student athletes. Um, and obviously, um, you know, online instruction and, you know, sports shutting down. Uh, certainly doesn't contribute to the positive aspects of mental health. Um, you know, this is a topic that, you know, wasn't even, there was zero awareness or concern, if you will, a uh, hundred years ago when I was a high school student. Uh, and so as, as a self-admitted, you know, grumpy old football coach, uh, sometimes I struggle to get my head around it. Um, so Hope and Patrick and Flynn, you know, convince me, you know, uh, what's going on? Um, you know, why do coaches and teachers and schools, you know, what do we need to do uh, to do better in this area of student athlete mental health? Hope you go and kick us off. So I definitely think that awareness is a big part of the mental health aspect of sports. And I think a lot of it does stem from the pressure that um, students and athletes put on themselves. 
the pressure like to perform, afraid of making mistakes, things like that. So I know at St. Mary's, a lot of our coaches had have said in the past, like at practice, you can't be afraid to make mistakes because that's how you learn. And like, once you have the mindset that making mistakes is how you grow and how you get better, I think that can really help people to lower their stress levels. Also, um, a big thing is balance, just because sports obviously isn't the only thing that you're doing. So like balancing school, family, sports, friends, all the things that like high schoolers are dealing with. So uh, we've been lucky enough to have coaches that are like always there for us, not just on the field, but like someone that you can talk to if you're struggling academically, socially, anything like that. So I think that's been very helpful. Oh, and very well said. I know our upper school head um, always preaches balance and he preaches it to everyone. He preaches it to, you know, our, us as coaches, um, you know, the kids do have a life outside of sports. He preaches it to our, uh, our faculty that, uh, you know, the kids do have a life outside of your one hour classroom. So uh, yeah, balance is key. Flynn, how about you? Um, you know, how would you um, share the importance uh, to educators about student athlete mental health? Um, so I've done a lot of like analysis and thinking about mental health as far as student athletes go and um, maintaining open communication between um, those like figures in higher positions such as coaches or teachers and the student athlete. They um, like student athletes go through a lot during their seasons, you know, long practices, and they tend to take higher classes. So um, maintaining that open communication and knowing um, that they're going through a lot as well is important. Um, I also, I understand how it could be very hard for coaches to kind of understand that just because of you know, the age difference and just the different types of, um, or the different time of life that they're going through. So having those like captains on your teams is really helpful too. Cause um, this year I was gracious enough to be put into that like captain's role. So I got to see it from a different side that um, the younger athletes are willing to come up to you and share what they're thinking. And then you're kind of a mediator between the coach and that student. Um, so that's, I think that's really important as well. Oh, absolutely. You know, the, uh, leadership teams and captains councils and things like that, uh, you know, again, something that wasn't around when I was a student athlete, but as a coach and as an AD, you know, we've used them quite a bit. So great job sharing that point. Patrick, uh, you have anything to add the, the, the girls take all the topics or, you know, what else can you share about student athlete wellness? Well, athletics, I believe, is just such a great avenue to help deal with mental health in the first place. And when done, I think the biggest part is you just got to keep it in a positive light and stop trying to be too hard on yourself and really be thankful for what God has given you and all the opportunities that you have. And I think it's really important to keep the atmosphere light, but also competitive, like to include maybe music in your workouts when possible or just games or scrimmages that might help lighten the mood, but also help really reinforce becoming a better player and a better person. So I think each of those pieces will really just help with the mental aspect of the whole team. And once you stop focusing individually and start really joining the team, I think that would really brighten one's attitude, really that they are in this boat with someone else. 
And I think that's really a key piece in helping with mental health. Great points, absolutely. Okay. Um, another question that we've been asking our athletic directors when we started doing this back in um, late June, uh, the events of um, Minneapolis and even Atlanta were still very fresh. And so one of the questions I ask our athletic directors revolved around the idea of social awareness and, and social justice. And, and my question was, what can we do better? How can we do a better job as ADs in this area? So Bob, Patrick, I'm going to start with you. You know, what advice can you give to our athletic director listeners on being better at social awareness? So thank you. And as far as Ron, we, I believe Ms. Fundell does an excellent job of really having social awareness. And just to keep in mind, I would say, not making it personal, I would say more objective is how I would say the best way to keep up social awareness and really give everyone equal chance to have that spot on the team and have the best opportunity to perform at their highest level. And so I think that's the biggest piece, really just equal opportunity. Let people try it. Let people show their talent. So thank you. No, absolutely. I appreciate you sharing. Flynn, what are your thoughts? You know, how can ADs do a better job of being socially aware? Um, as far as my school has gone, um, my athletic director, as well as the coaches, they're always um, constantly communicating with each other about um, like the cultures of each team. Um, sometimes when they go through kind of rough patches, um, teams will have like workshops to kind of make sure that they're all getting along and um, communicate with their coaches, like they'll have that opportunity. Um, so I think just making sure that all, all heads are in the same, are in the same boat and they kind of understand each other is um, vital to keeping the, the social climate at, a, at an ease. Oh, yeah. Again, I, I really appreciate you sharing that perspective. Hope, what are your thoughts on this uh, topic? Um, how can ADs do a better job? Um, similar to what Flynn said, um, I think culture, like team culture is a really big aspect and trying to keep a mindset that everyone is equal and you have to work together to accomplish a goal. Um, we actually have a club that Ms. Bondale runs called the Sale Club, which is the student athletes and leadership. So at a couple of meetings, we've talked about like team culture and um, just messages that the leaders can then bring to their teams, which has been really effective at creating an atmosphere where we can have the greatest chance of success. And I also think it is open communication. So sometimes things are hard to talk about, but they need to be addressed. So that's an important part. Uh, I'm glad you mentioned that uh, to our listeners. I was telling the student athletes that uh, uh, Allison Fondale, the athletic director at St. Mary's, uh, I was involved with her uh, certified master administrator project, which was that sale project. And uh, I thought she did a great job of presenting it to the review team. And mm -hmm. it's great to hear the, uh, the student athletes that are a part of that sale team uh, talk about it. So uh, thanks for sharing. 
Flynn, we're going to let you lead off with this next one. I'm going to lighten things up a little bit. Um, what's your favorite part about being a student athlete at Father Lopez? What gets you excited about coming to school each day? Um, wow, I just, I always feel constantly supported by everyone, the athletes, um, students, coaches, teachers. Um, they're all, they're all so supportive and they know it's, going on in my athletic life and um you know our teams are built to support each other um so all my teammates they've become close friends and um we've gone through so many things together so that's also really nice to experience at this point um yeah just just being able to come and express myself through sports is is the best part of it Hey, I, I went to school to be involved in sports. And oh, by the way, I took some courses too. Now I, I'm right there with you. Hope, uh, how about you? What gets you excited about coming to school at St. Mary's every day? Um, I would just say definitely the community aspect of St. Mary's. Um, it's like a really tight community in Annapolis and we have a really strong alumni um, network too, which is pretty cool. Like you see a lot of people come back and it's awesome how the entire community supports each other too, especially sporting events like big football games or lacrosse games. It's like a big event kind of in the whole area. So I would just say you can walk around and like see a familiar face or have something in common with someone else in the area, which is pretty cool. Okay, great. Okay. Patrick, what gets you going every morning? Uh, can't wait to get to St. Mary's. So I love being able to just represent my school at the highest level possible. And so having the opportunity to be on a sports team or be in a club and really just be a part of the school community, as Hope mentioned, is really special. And then each person has great God-given gifts. And St. Mary's really allowed me to put them, glorify God in the best way. And so I had knowing each day I can come in and be my best and do, try to do my best all for the glory of God. And I think that's my most favorite aspect of going to St. Mary's. I appreciate you sharing all that. It's very cool to hear from all three of you. You know, you're excited about your school and, and being a part of its culture and the daily routine. Well, this has been really great. I've enjoyed meeting all three of you and visiting with you, but we're not done yet. Uh, on our normal shows, we always wrap up with what we call the athletic director toolbox. We ask ADs to uh, uh, send a brand new athletic director out on their very first job, but we only let them put three things in that toolbox. So we're going to do it a little bit different for our student athletes and uh, hope you get to go first. Um, if we could make you athletic director for a day or a week or whatever, at St. Mary's or at any other school. And uh, again, this is not a knock on any of your schools, but uh, if you were the AD for that day, what's one or two things that you would uh, make happen? You know, maybe you're expanding a current program, maybe it's a brand new program, but uh, what would you do if you were athletic director for a day? Hmm, this is kind of a tough one. Um... I would say, well, certainly with COVID, there's been a lot of restrictions, but that's things that we can't help. But I would definitely say 
maybe trying to find new avenues um, for athletes to feel a little bit more connected, especially on the teams that haven't been able to have a season or their season was much more restricted than others. So especially we had like these workouts that I think I, if they could be brought back maybe, but they were like these workouts where um, it was like free turf time or free time in the weight room, things like that, um, that were really fun. And possibly if we could have a bit more people that are able to watch the games too, like, um, because that's been very restricted too, but. Well, I'm, I'm curious, what have you done at your school or maybe it's a Maryland thing as far as fans, uh, any fans, is it a percentage? So for, I know for, at least for field hockey, we were allowed to have, I think it was your parents or, or guardians, or I think you were allowed to have two per player. But we, we can't have like student sections and all of that, which is unfortunate. I mean, it makes sense, but I wish there was a way we could somehow maybe bring that back with somehow figuring out spacing, but they did a pretty good job. We had um, a good amount of people allowed to watch our last couple of games. They had like um, stickers on the bleachers where people could sit six feet. So that was pretty effective. But I know for basketball and volleyball, since um, indoors, I don't know if they were allowed to have um, spectators, but I think slowly it's building, which is good. Well, maybe that's something you can work on with that sale, uh, your sale group. Okay. Uh, Patrick, we're going to let you finish things up. So Flynn, uh, you're up, your athletic director for a day. Uh, what are some things that you're going to be doing sitting at that AD's desk? Um, I think I would probably focus more on the athletes themselves as like individuals and like, um, like taking the time to kind of celebrate their accomplishments, um, you know, after like games or something, uh, giving them or just like acknowledging their hard work as um, individual student athletes. Um, and then also uh, keeping communication with um, the entire community. So like this year, um, my athletic director started sending out like these mass emails about everything going on in one week, as far as sports goes. And I like, I really look forward to seeing those because I can actually know like, what events I can maybe attend that week. So maybe uh, jumping on that further. Now, you brought up a great point. Um, Athletic directors of my generation, obviously, are, were, are slow to, uh, I think, for the most part, get involved with, you know, Twitter and Instagram, etc. Um, and is it safe to say that if you want to get a message out to students at your school, and maybe even some of the parents that you need to be on social media? Yeah, so my athletic director is currently on like Instagram and he pops up on my feed all the time and I can go, oh, good job to this team or it's really fun to see just like in my daily swiping, you know. <laughs> yeah, some of my uh, colleagues have been, uh, I think, amazed at my appearance on social media in the last year or two. Uh, and so it's, um, uh, I'm not where I should be, but uh, I, I'm trying to get better. So. All right, Patrick, bring us home. Okay, you're the athletic director for a day or a week, or you know, you're taking over. Okay, uh, what's the first thing you're going to do? So the first thing I'll do. Sports are such a big identity part of a school, 
And I think just for trying to return to that excitement about sports that was kind of pre-COVID, everybody's kind of like excited right now, but there's also like parts that people like wearing masks and everything. So I think really just trying to return to that excitement about sports. There's so many positive aspects about them and just really broadcasting it all around the community and getting people really excited to come participate and be a part of our school spirit. You know, when I talk with parents, um, you know, that's really one of the first things they mention is, you know, how can we get more school spirit? And uh, it, it certainly is a challenge. Um, one of the things that we didn't experience back again, back in my day or even their day is now there's so many more teams that students can be a part of. And, you know, even 10 or 15 years ago, those students that are on this team or that team, uh, they were sitting in the bleachers, they were cheering their friends on, and now they're out at their own practices and games. So the, the pool of potential fans is, uh, is smaller. So, uh, if you answer that question, Patrick, you are going to be Athletic Director of the Year, I guarantee you. Okay? Well, you folks have just done a wonderful job. I've enjoyed listening to you. Um, I, I could you know, come up with some more questions uh, very easily. But thank you so much for being a part of our uh, second student forum. Uh, I know our listeners who are you know, 99% Athletic Directors are really going to uh, take a lot away from the information you've shared. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you for having us. All right. To our listeners, remember the Zoom recordings of these podcasts are being uploaded to the FIAAA Educational AD YouTube channel. And as always, you can listen on uh, the regular podcast platforms, um, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, and all the others. Uh, thanks for listening. Come back again next time for another episode of the Educational AD.